to the Clients and Conversions Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Clem, and I've helped fellow entrepreneurs and business owners just like you harness the power of social media to grow your audience by the hundreds, 2x their launch sales, and have client leads banging down the door to book a call with you. And I'm the first to say that hustling and searching hours online for your next client or student is not the vital ingredient to your success or even your happiness. This podcast is for driven entrepreneurs, from coaches to course creators and everything in between, to access practical and actionable tactics on everything from how to get clients with Instagram advertising, and really unlock the keys from sales and social media to get growth with the simplest tools possible, while keeping it just long enough to get you through your walk, drive, or workout. So stick with us for this episode and the ones to come so you can get more clients and sales in less time. Now let's get into it. Now, before we go into the episode, this is sponsored by the Audience Growth Ad Experiment. This is a free guide that I created to really help answer the question of where do I start when it comes to ads, especially around literally where to start. So what I've done is I've actually put to the test Pinterest, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram ads all in a way that has pretty much the same variables that I could to see which one's gonna get you the most bang for your buck, which means the most amount of results, most amount of leads, and audience growth for the least amount of cost out of your budget or wallet. So I broke this down as best as I could. I made it super simple, but so, so, so helpful for those who are wanting to find out how to go about this, what were the actual results, which platform actually did come out on top, and where to start after that. So get your hands on that. It's going to be at danielleclem.com slash ad experiment. Also in the show notes below, such a good place to start. And also so helpful for those who were like me who wondered, okay, are Facebook ads still the best way to go? This will answer that for you. So I'll see you inside the experiment and I'll, let's get started. So Hey guys, today we have on Robin Pinzone of REP Branding, who is a social branding director and works with businesses and brands to turn their brand into a community filled with loyal clients. And in her off time, she balances being a mom with two adorable children. Welcome to the show, Robin. Thanks for having me, Danielle. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to get into this because it's a really fun topic, I think, going into branding and kind of just helping businesses elevate their business. So before we go into that, I'd love to begin the show with the beginning of your journey and kind of ending with your present and future. So if you can tell me a little bit about how you grew up to kind of what led you to wanting to go down this path. Um, so I kind of had a really normal upbringing. I um, am from New Jersey and then moved to Massachusetts when I was in high school. So I had the typical family life, siblings, parents, played sports my whole life, went to college, um, and I was a cheerleader at UMass Amherst. And I really just enjoyed meeting new people and networking with people. I always worked in bars and restaurants. Mm -hmm. And when I was in college, I was like one of those promo girls at the bars. And I really loved it because I got to meet the bar owners and the people running the show and things like that. And I kind of worked myself up to running events and things like that around Boston. And when I graduated, I decided to not go into psychology, which is my degree, mm-hmm. and go more into um, event production and management with alcohol brands. So I was working in Boston and um, <clears throat> kind of doing that for um, Jim Beam. And then I ended up getting engaged and moving to Florida with my fiance, who was in the Air Force. 
So living in Florida, I kind of was doing the same thing and I kind of worked my way up and worked for some big restaurant groups down there, kind of doing the same thing with marketing and social media. And then I landed my dream job working for Red Bull and was in charge of all all sorts of event branding, marketing initiatives, in-person events, things like that. And they were really the first company back in 2010 to really be diving into social media. Um, and obviously Red Bull is an amazing lifestyle brand and everything that I learned that I kind of take forward with my clients now, I really kind of grew the foundation from that, from Red Bull. So, um, I got married, was still working and ended up having two adorable little children and I ended up finding myself getting a divorce and moving from Colorado back home to Massachusetts with no job and nothing really on the horizon because I was a stay-at-home mom. So when I moved home, I realized that I couldn't really go back to corporate life because I had a six-month-old baby and a two-year-old, and I couldn't really fit in between you know, the daycare schedules and things like that. So I decided to just kind of do my own thing. And since I grew up in Massachusetts, a lot of my friends ended up becoming business owners. So I was able to network with them and I started running like people's social medias just on the side. And I had a couple corporate jobs where I knew I just had to work there and that it really sucked. And, um, but I knew that I had to make money so that I could like build a foundation for myself. And after living at home for just about eight months, I was able to purchase a home for me and my kids. Um, we live on the beach. So It's awesome, but I really kind of took what I learned from all of my corporate jobs and networking with people to really just find ways to find people and businesses who needed me. And I was willing to do anything that they needed. I was not a graphic designer three years ago, but now I create full brand logos for people. I help with package design and things like that because it was a necessity for me. I need I, People needed this, and I knew they would pay me for it, so I learned how to do it. Um, I did not know how to build a website three years ago. I build websites every day. <laughs> um, so I really just kind of took what I knew that was my strengths and figured out how to kind of make it work for me and my lifestyle. And now after a year of kind of doing rep on my own, I've really been able to have a successful multiple six-figure business. And I have a full-time employee now. And we work with like 25 businesses um, kind of across the country. So it's really just about taking what you know you can offer people and hustling it. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's so true when it comes to when you first start out or when you're in the like space of owning your own business, you have to try basically everything. I was similar to you where um, even in college, I had no idea. I've never done design before. I never did websites. And then, you know, within, I think, a couple months, I learned how to create a full custom WordPress website and branding. Like the thing that's really cool about you and I guess a lot of really good entrepreneurs is they don't take their current situation and just say that's how it's going to be like you actually took initiative to say okay this is what you know my customers or what they might need help with let me actually learn it so I can help them yeah I mean I remember like sitting up at night like crying because (laughs) I I told a client that I could design a menu for them and I never knew how to build layers in photoshop but I spent the entire week like two weeks 
learning it on YouTube University, as I like to call it, on what I needed to do to be able to build this out for this client. And after kind of going through the pain of learning it on my own, now I can build menus in no time and they're really, really beautiful and the clients really enjoy them. So it's kind of taking, you know, you know, you need to make money. What, what are you willing to do to kind of, to do that? Yeah, I love that. And I fully agree with that. I, I remember when I first did Photoshop, I was, I was in the same thing. <laughs> I think I had some tears shed here and there because there's certain aspects of like the online entrepreneur that you really can't get around. And I would say one of them for sure is just learning new skills. I, I say this often is that entrepreneurship is the, if you really want to grow yourself and like grow just any aspect of your life, start a business because <laughs> you will be tested. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely the most challenging thing. I always tell people that it's easier to raise two kids by myself than it is to like raise a business and manage different clients because everyone is so different. Yeah, that's very true, especially with how, you know, how much you can do because you're kind of a a jack of all trades where you can kind of help um, any client do kind of whatever they need to, which is fantastic, but means that you really have to be organized and know that you know, this has to go here and that deadlines for this person versus um, others who are, you know, just starting out or have a couple of clients, it's a little bit easier to kind of have um, a little more flexibility. But when you have, you said 25 businesses that you're helping out with? Yeah. Yeah. If you have 25 businesses, there's, there's no way you can just wake up and say like, you know what, I'm just, I'm not going to do work today. Yeah. It's all about timelines and project management and like utilizing tools and people who can help you. So, you know, my biggest thing is that I never tell a client that we can't do something Mm -hmm. unless it's like personally, like unless it's like physically impossible. But we always know someone who can do something, you know, custom coding on websites because we don't do that. Uh, But certain things like that, we just always know that we either can do it ourselves or we know of another small business who can do it better than we can. And it's going to save us time um, to utilize them, too. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I I think that when people, uh, there's like two ends of the spectrum. There's one side where people try and control everything and not let people help them or, you know, not ask for help, which is a whole crazy thing on its own, or the opposite side where they try and outsource everything and then they're kind of left with, oh, now I have this huge sum. But I think the really good thing is really understanding that there are certain things that, one, you, you can do, everyone can do it, but if you don't have the time to learn it or you don't want to learn it, then why not just look, you know, online? There's so many people out there basically virtually doing every skill possible, I would say, that you can try and hire on. Yeah, so when I started um, Rep, that's what I did. I just, I only was managing social media accounts, um, and I outsourced photography. I outsourced videography, which I still do. Um, I outsourced Google AdWords, which I still do, but, um, like design, like a lot of heavy graphic design, a heavy website design, I outsourced everything. Um, but then quickly I kind of brought it internally and then hired, um, an employee who is amazing, Courtney. And she really helps a lot with the design because she's a graphic designer by trade, but she, um, So she helps a lot in that aspect where we can kind of keep it in-house. 
Um, we're able to keep photography in-house now. We're able to keep website design in-house. Um, strategy, we've always been able to do ourselves. So it's really just looking at what do you think is valuable use of your time to learn and what is better to pay someone else for and then charge your client a fee on top of that. So white labeling is something that we do a lot with our clients. Yeah, and I find that happening more and more often is that um, the the better, I don't say better, but I think the, the more widely accepted and more successful people are the ones who do that, who do very custom for each client versus doing something that's um, a one-size-fit-all. I mean, we've all taken probably courses before that are one-size-fit-all, and to, to some degree they work, but I don't believe that they're going to really transform your life. But if you have something that's fully customized for that person or client, it goes leaps and bounds of a difference than, you know, putting them in like something that has worked for a hundred people, but hopefully it works for this person. Right. And you know, that's why a lot of people, when I meet with prospective clients, they're like, can you just send me your price sheet? I'm like, well, it doesn't really work that way because I need to know what your needs are mm -hmm. and assess different things because there's just not one person that's going to fit into each of into these specific packages or whatever um, offerings that you can offer them. So I don't, you know, it's very difficult to kind of do that, even though a lot of people love that, but it's not always better for the client. Yeah, no, I fully agree. When I first started out, I was doing website design and branding and I found that there's some people who just needed logos alone. There's others who needed website, email, uh, branding itself. And you can you can try and create packages around that, but you never really know how far they're into certain things, like if they're close to finishing their branding or so forth. And without knowing that, I think offering a package that's just kind of a done-for-you, like a pre-made done-for-you one, is kind of kind of harmful, honestly, because the client won't really get the full effect that they should be getting. Oh, for sure. So it definitely is difficult for um, clients to hear that sometimes. And I'm like, well, I can't just give you a price because, you know, I need to like assess your needs. But it's not like going to the dentist and needing a filling yeah. <laughs> or buying a T-shirt. You know, it's, a, it's a, something that is kind of intangible. Yeah, I fully agree. And I'd love to go back to when you first started your business, um, was there any type of resistance around friends or family or were they all kind of pretty supportive and kind of uh, wanting to help you with it? Well, I mean, it's still even like, you know, my family is very traditional and they think going to an office and nine to five and things like that. But, you know, my family sees the struggle that I have taking care of two kids by myself and that you know, like scheduling just doesn't really allow for that. You know, I need to be, I need to be available at three thirty every day to get my kids off the bus and things like that. So, you know, without help, which I do have help, but you know, I need to be able to be there for my kids first. And I think my family really understood that about my business. And, you know, I, I don't really think I met a lot of like resistance. I mean, Sometimes, you know, I got the occasional, like, are you even working? Like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> but um, I think that my family now just knows that I can take care of myself and my kids and, and they see the impact that I am making on the community through like awards that I win and, you know, recognitions that I get and PR and things like that. So I think that they see that the work is impactful. So they, and they always have, I think. Because I've always been doing the same thing in my whole adult life. 
Mm. Yeah, that's true. You you mentioned that a lot of your experience that you're using now came from what you learned at Red Bull and you know all the previous companies you worked at before. Right. Yeah, well, I love that because what I really like to mention for a lot of listeners out there is, you know, sometimes it takes actually showing people like they have to see your results or see things changing for them to be supportive because they're just certain people like that or uh, what happened or what I've noticed also is people who are um, in two or three generations above us who are older, it's really hard to see that uh, role reversal of not going to nine to five. Like I still have that happen where, um, my grandparents will ask here and there. So when are you, um, are you planning on going to like work with corporations? Are you wanting to like go back to nine to five? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm doing pretty well here, but they just can't understand how literally five times my grandma has asked me, so how do you make money online? Oh my goodness. How do they pay you? I'm like, it, it just happens. I don't, I, it's harder to explain than it is, uh, for them to understand it. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it definitely is hard for, you know, our parents and our grandparents to understand, but I think that once they see that you can just, like, take care of yourself, um, I think, and be independent, I think that that's what they really want, and, you know, I guess for me, I kind of started my business out of necessity, but Mm. I was... I was older and I already had kids. So it's not like I had to sacrifice my friends because I already, I already sacrificed my friends when I had kids. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't like I had to give up going out or doing anything because I was seriously just building my business. You know, I would go to my um, corporate job before I started full time and then like hustle my clients. Like after my kids would go to bed and some days I would only sleep like a few hours a night, but I knew that it was going to lead to something. So I really didn't have to sacrifice a lot except for maybe my sleep um, in order to kind of get where I wanted to be right now. So I'm very thankful for that. But I know a lot of younger you know, people in their early 20s um, and mid 20s, they, you know, they'll have to sacrifice going out with friends and going on trips and doing things like that because they need to save their money and reinvest it back into their business and themselves. So it's a little bit more difficult for them to kind of sacrifice their social life. But I'm lucky where I didn't have social life because I had two kids. So I didn't really have to sacrifice that. And a lot of my friends are also entrepreneurs, like photographers, they own stores, they have product lines. So I'm kind of already in the company of creators anyway. Yeah, I fully agree with that. You know, when it comes to starting your business, no matter what age, I would say, there's always going to be sacrifices, whether it's sleep, time, excursions, or so forth. But it's just making sure that, you know, this is something that you really want to do and go forward with. And I think what's really great, too, is now that we mentioned a little bit kind of on the side of external environments, like the external uh I guess, support of friends and family, or even sometimes kind of like the resistance. I wonder when you first started, did you have any internal struggle, whether it be like mindset stuff or limiting beliefs that came up when you first, you know, went for your business? Yeah. So luckily for me, one of the big things was that was like a huge catalyst for me to start my business too, was I had been involved in network marketing before Mm -hmm. and it totally was not for me at Mm -hmm. all. Um, I know that there is a lot for other people, and that's great. And I think that it is a great business model if that fits your personality and lifestyle. But for me, it wasn't. And But I saw that no matter what I was selling, people were trusting me because I still – I started to build out, like, a personal brand. And 
I was sharing my life. I was sharing, you know, that I was going through postpartum depression. I was sharing that I was going through a divorce. I was sharing the real like struggles. So for me, one of the things I learned being a part of network marketing was a lot of like personal development and professional development. So I had already been in the habit of like reading, um, you know, different books to kind of help with mindset and focusing on um, God and, you know, things that outside of us that kind of can propel us forward in our mind. So I was starting to make those, you know, those changes, but I definitely did have those limiting beliefs because I was always like, oh, I can't do this because I'm a single mom. Oh, I can't do this because I don't have a husband who has a income for me to fall back on. I can't take this risk. I can't do that. I'm not good enough. You know, I definitely went through that, but I really just focused on my, you know, faith in myself and the universe and, and really just dug deep into personal development and spiritual development that it really helped to ground me through the process. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I forget where I read it a while ago, but there's a couple factors that really help bring people uh, the groundedness that we need. And one of them is, you know, having faith, like whatever that is to you, whatever you believe in. I think having that part, especially in your business, you have to have because you don't have faith in yourself or in what you're trying to create. It's so hard to keep going because you're going to continuously doubt yourself. Yeah. And other people will doubt you too. So if you can't even believe in yourself, then no one else is going to believe in you. Yeah, I fully agree. And I love to bring up this question too, because everyone has their own unique answer, but I think it's something that needs to be shared and talked about more. So when you first started your business, like if you were to go back now, what would be one thing you'd tell yourself just starting out? Oh man. Well, I think I would have just told myself that like, you know, the biggest thing for me is that I when I started, I like hustled, I would like doing websites for like pennies. Like I was just selling whatever I could to anyone who would pay for it. And I really should not have done that. So Mm -hmm. I would tell myself to uphold, you know, my worth and that it would, it would have been better for me mentally and physically if I didn't hustle every single person to just get business in the door, even if I was doing a website for $300, which is insane. Like, I should have just stuck to my prices and not discounted my time or my worth for people because I knew I was a quality, I could produce quality products for them. Um, So, you know, obviously when you start a business, you have to show people, you know, you do some things for free and, and stuff like that. We all do that. Um, but it's picking the right people to do that with instead of the people who are going to take advantage of you. I wholeheartedly agree when it comes to, well, one, I don't really know any person except for maybe like the lucky few who started out their business and charged really high and stuck with their prices. Most people, I think, you know, it's it's one of those things where you're trying to build your business. And I think I did the same. I think the lowest I went for a website was around 350 as well and by the end of it I was like oh my god (laughs) like I cannot do this again but it takes those lessons to learn and you know when you really take time to realize that your worth and you know what you have is so much more valuable than you can even imagine it really makes you 
okay with charging that price. And like you said, it really depends on who you're trying to work with too. Because if you have people who kind of, you know, want to take advantage of you or use every like ounce of second and time or energy that you have, you're going to be drained and you're definitely not charging your worth if you, you know, have those clients in your sphere. Right. And that's what I always say, you know, even when I work with clients now too, where I am charging, you know, higher prices, I always think to myself too, that even if a client's willing to pay that price, like, is it worth it for me? Like, what am I going to get out of working with this client? Um, Is it a new scope of project that I've never done before? Do they have a network that I want to tap into? Um, kind of all sorts of things. And, you know, I still definitely do discount um, services for people that I just genuinely want to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that there's definitely a balance in that too. But on the flip side of that too, another thing is that you have to really be careful on who you trust and who you allow to come into your entrepreneurial circle, if you will, because there are, you know, I have been burned by other female entrepreneurs and it's just, it's a really shitty feeling and you don't necessarily want to feel that way. But even in the adult entrepreneur world, it's very much like high school. So um, really stick to who you are and just know who you are and never let anyone try to take that away from you either. Yeah, I fully agree. I think the way I try and tell some people as well is uh, so many, you know, entrepreneurs out there, whenever they are on a client call or like a sales call, enrollment call or so forth, they're so focused on trying to make the person see why they need them. They should actually switch it and see why do, you know, why does that client, what can you um, find from them? Like, how can they benefit you? Because, what happens too often is that we kind of have like desperation, (laughs) which is very often in the beginning. But if you don't actually enjoy the person on the other side, it's going to be a really hard journey. And especially if they're people who are on retainers or if they're people who are going to be month to month, like you can't really escape them. Yeah. And it just like, it makes a toxic work environment. Mm -hmm. You know, you start your own business because you want to make your, you want to have life on your terms. So why work with people who are not on your terms? Yes, I fully agree. And I would love to talk too, you know, with your business and how it's growing and you finally uh, hired on a new employee, which congrats. But I wonder too, how that works with, you know, trying to balance, like you said, mom life or trying to kind of keep the, the humanity part of yourself too in it. Yeah, so it's definitely a challenge. But, you know, I think hiring someone to work with me has been the best decision that I made because, you know, uh, even just a couple, she's been working with me since September and a couple weeks ago, she literally just said to me, um, I have no idea how you did this all by yourself. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, I don't know either, but it's mostly just because I, I really just was so focused on it. But now that I have someone working with me, the quality of things that we produce for our clients is on another level. And, you know, so really having um, Courtney working with me, it it makes it easier and better for me so I can meet with clients face-to-face. I can get things done. I know she's taking care of things. When my kids are sick, I know that I have her to, you know, fall back on for things. And she's a mom too, so when she has sick kids or family emergencies or whatever, it kind of goes both ways. So it's just, it's a great partnership 
to have, and it's a really great way for me now to balance my life where my kids aren't yelling at me to get off my phone because <laughs> attention. And I'm like, if you want hockey, because my son plays hockey, I'm like, if you want hockey, mom has to work, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like I have to say that anymore. That's amazing. And I love that you mentioned the word partnership. Like, even though, you know, you hired on a quote unquote employee, like you still see that there's a partnership there. And I think um, Amy Porterfield really mentions this well when it's having a small but mighty team. You know, you don't need to have a team of 15, 20, 50 people. If you have, you know, a couple really good people, you can go so much farther. Right. And that's a, the big thing is that you really have to just, you know, I've I've had a few people who have worked for me before in the past. And, you know, I've had interns. I've had girls come to me and say they want to work for me so bad. And then they're just not motivated when they see actually how much work it is and mm-hmm. what the responsibilities are. And I'm so thankful to have Courtney working with me because and I tell her all the time, too, that, you know, it was a huge it's a risk to hire someone because it's not like if you lose those clients and your income starts to fall, it's not like you can get rid of the employee Mm -hmm. really need to work the business for now this extra person in their family and, and things too. So it kind of is like an awesome little extra pressure, um, to have, I love working under pressure. So for me, it's always another motivator because, you know, for me, if I'm like, Oh, well, I don't want to, I don't really want to take this client on. I want to have time with my kids and things like that. I then have to think of, wait a minute. I also have another person in her family that I need to be cognizant of too. Yeah, I fully agree. I think what you mentioned is fantastic. When you're having on a separate person, like you obviously get invested in their family and themselves. You want to be able to give them, you know, the most money you can and try and actually help them with their life along with yours. Right. And it's definitely more rewarding because, you know, um, even though Courtney and I are the same age, we're over 30, I know, um, we both get a lot from each other. And I truly look to her as someone that I learn from. And she has told me she learns things from me, too. So it's really it really, truly is a partnership because, you know, she'll be like, hey, I think we should do this differently to get new clients or whatever. So um, it's really great to have someone working with you who is who is so involved in your mission too. That is amazing, honestly. And I think that shows the, the when the right people are there, you know, it's it's hard not to grow. Like, you know, it's hard not to succeed if you find the right people. And I love that. And I want to talk too about now that we're talking about the present and so forth, is there anything you're currently working on to kind of give the listeners a little taste on what they can look out for? Yeah, so we're for 2019, we're definitely expanding um, our rep offerings. Um, before, we had been working with outside photographers to create content with our um, our clients. But, you know, we're, we've found that we've worked with some amazing brands and campaigns across the country on a national level. And the biggest thing that we're finding is that it's not – so much who is taking the photos it's who's directing the photos Mm -hmm. so we're kind of growing now and to be more of a creative director role um for brand shoots and client strategies because when you hire a photographer to take marketing photos for you 
they don't really know what the strategy is. They're just there to show up. So, um, and you know, obviously they all have very, I'm not taking anything away from their talents, but they're not really invested in the strategy of the client because they don't know it. So what we're going to be doing for 2019 is really kind of bringing that all together where our content shoots are going to be so much more effective because we're going to be leading every single one of them and working with photographers, um, in doing it in house. So we're going to be having a full time photographer and content director for, um, for rep and our, our clients. I love that. I truly agree when it comes to having some type of direction for that. Like you said, photographers are fantastic at their work, but some, especially if you're working with product based stuff, you kind of have to do a story with the photos. Like there should be, you know, a storyline or some type of thing in that. And sometimes photographers, that's not their best skill. Not saying that not anyone can, but adding that level of creative director, I think is going to be really great for not only the businesses, but for everyone who's, you know, involved in it and really showcase what they're wanting to see. Yeah. Because, you know, when you, I had a client recently and um, they had worked with a photographer and had a whole brand shoot done and they were like, yep. And now we're ready to get into the, you know, the branding and the strategy. And I was like, okay, well I looked at their photos and out of like 300 pictures, I'm like, we can use like five of these Ooh. for the strategy because they're all gorgeous pictures, but you know how they, none of them really equated to the strategy. So, you know, a lot of businesses and, you know, entrepreneurs, they, they want, they like, I, I mean, what you go on Instagram and what Instagram person do you follow that is not in a photo shoot every other week, right? <laughs> True. <laughs> but they are, you know, the good ones do it with a purpose and the good ones have, it's, it's planned out and they're the ones who are shooting holiday photos in August. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that the level of strategy that we've been able to build we've been starting to work with celebrities and influencers and bloggers a lot outside of the business strategy too to kind of help them realize that their content isn't just a pretty picture it needs to have some you know backbone behind it yeah I love that and where can people find you by the way so you can find me on Instagram. It's at Robin, E-M-R-O-B-I-N-E-M. And my website is repbrandingco.com. And um, you can follow all of my daily antics with my children. That mm-hmm. They're stories all the time. Um, and kind of a little bit of what we do. Um, I host monthly networking events for women in the seacoast of New Hampshire. And it's super fun and laid back. It's a free event. So... Um, we really love that because I love to drink rosé and it's something that, um, I love to drink with my girlfriends and we just kind of have these awesome masterminds, but it's free. So it's awesome. I love that so much. I really, I, I honestly think that more and more needs to happen where stuff is more in person, even though we all love online everything, there's something to be said about really true in-person connection but yeah I think everything that you're doing is fantastic and there you guys have it it was you have been fantastic Robin I've loved this conversation and really check her out she's doing some awesome stuff your photos which aren't surprising are amazing (laughs) and really just thank you for coming on and I will talk to you guys all in the next episode thanks Danielle
for listening to today's episode. I am so excited that you were able to go through it and get some actionable tips out of it. For next steps, make sure you go to daniellecleum.com slash ad breakdown to get the complete ad breakdown around what one Insta ad did to help create 559 client leads and 20% sales increase in launch. Make sure to go ahead there to do that and DM me at Clem to go in deeper to the conversation. And last but not least, make sure to leave a rating and review so that this podcast can get out to more amazing people like yourself.